0: In honor of Amir al-Mu'mineen alayhi salam and Imam al-Jawad of Lahaman Salaam Muhammad wa Muhammad. والحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على المصطفى محمد وآله الطيبين الطاهرين. اللهم صل على محمد ولي محمد الدائمة على أعدائهم أجمعين إلى قيام الدين رب شح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وأحلل عقدة من لساني yafqahu qawli respected scholars brothers and sisters assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh first and foremost we congratulate sahib al-asri wa-zaman Ajalla ta'ala farajahu sharif the great Maraja, and all believers across the globe as you pass by the blessed birth anniversary of Amir al-mu'mineen Ali ibn abi talib salawatullah alayh and as we've passed through the blessed birth anniversary of Imam Muhammad al-Jawad alayhi salam, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from their sincerest shias in this world and the next b'haqq salat ala Muhammad wa ali Muhammad. ala Muhammad is narrated that Imam al-Jawad alayhi said that his grandfather, the commander of the faithful said, Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala created human beings in order to bless them, to lead them into eternal and complete mercy. And he has alluded to this reality in Surah. Hud. As he says Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala وَلَا يَزَالُونَ مُخْتَلِفِينَ Saying that the human beings remain in dispute. They differ with one another. إِلَّا مَرَّحِمَ رَبُّكَ Except for those whom your Lord has blessed. Then he says, وَلِذَلِكَ And he has created them for that, meaning for that reason. He has created us to bless us, to lead us into what? Into full, real, and eternal mercy. However, it is the human being who unfortunately leads himself into Allah's wrath, into Allah's punishment through his disbelief and misbehavior. Allah, on the other hand, created us to bless us, us, Hence, you realize that Allah taught us through the Quran and through Ahlul Bayt several deeds, many deeds which lead us where? Which lead us to God's mercy. Or say He taught us many deeds which bring down Allah's mercy upon us. One of those deeds. <clears throat> is a deed taught by Imam al-Ridha alayhi afdhalus salatu was salam Sheikh al-Saduq rahmatullah alayh mentions in his book Oyun Akhbar al-Ridha that one day Imam al-Ridha alayhi salam said in the presence of Abu Salt al-Harawi who was one of the Imam's closest companions in Shia's he said Rahimallah abdan amrana may Allah bless a slave who revives our affairs. This is what? This is a word that many of you, if not all, have heard. Rahimallahu Abdan Ahya Amrana. Abu Salt had a good question. He told the Imam salam, how does one revive your affairs? What is the meaning of that? Reviving the affairs of Ahlul Bayt. Salamullahi alayhim. And so the Imam said, يَتَعَلَّمُ عُلُومَنَا He said, he should learn our sciences and teach it to the people. So the Imam is saying, if a person learns what Ahlul Bayt taught, he learns, for example, their narrations, peace be upon them, regarding tafsir or akhlaq, morals, or beliefs, or any other topic, and teaches it to the people, he will be reviving their affairs. Then, the Imam said a golden word, teaching us one of the best ways through which we can call humanity, not only fellow brothers in Islam, but all humans, to the path of Bayt. What is that word? He said, فَلَوْ عَلِمَ النَّاسُ He said, if the people knew the beautiful words that we utter, the beautiful words that we say, then they would have followed us. Truly, if people knew the wise words that Ahlul Bayt uttered, the words that Ahlul Bayt alayhim presented, which are very and extremely rich in content, very and extremely eloquent, then they would have followed Ahlul Bayt because their words indicate that they are the Imams of truth. Peace be upon them. If you ask what is one of the ways we can call people to the path of Ahlul Bayt, Imam Arda tells you, teach them what we say. Tell them what we said. Present, for example, Dua Abi Hamza thumali to the people and tell me who will not be mesmerized when reading the words of Imam al-Sajjad والسلام, in that dua. Present the word of Imam al-Hasan salamullah when he was on his deathbed and Junad bin Umayyah asked the Imam to advise him so the Imam told him the following. This is part of the words he said. He told him, Yes. Prepare yourself for your travel, meaning the travel to the hereafter. And gather your provisions before your time is up in this world. dunya. And know that as you are seeking this world, meaning you're seeking money and worldly pleasures, worldly items, death is seeking you. What a deep word. Truly, if people heard these words from Ahlul Bayt, they'd be intrigued in finding out more about Ahlul Bayt. Amongst the mesmerizing words that the commander of the faithful uttered, and all of his words were mesmerizing, golden, was kullim ri'in ma You see, one day, the noble sayyid known as Abdul Azim al-Hasani, asked Imam al-Jawad to narrate for him a bunch of traditions that he uh, received or heard from his forefathers. So the Imam shared with Abdul Azim 16 traditions, all going back to to Imam Ali. One of them was this one. The value of every human being lies in what he perfects. That is what? A concise yet deep word the value of every human being, Ali says, the value of every human being lies in what he perfects. Sharif al-Radi Rahmatullah, when he narrated this word for Amir al-Mu'minin السلام, in al-Balagha, he said, This word specifically is priceless. It's beyond value. Why? Because the likes of Sharif al-Radi, they, they realize how deep the word of Amir al muminin is. Let's see how deep it is. If we ponder about this beautiful word for a minute or two, what can we understand from Amir al muminin We can understand at these four points. How many? Four. Number one. Amir al-Mu'mineen is telling us that the value of the human being does not lie in worldly possessions. It does not lie in material possessions. It does not lie in your wealth or your beauty, physical beauty, or other material issues. Rather, it lies where? In your qualities, your knowledge, your actions, Your morals, it lies in these issues. Number two, when the imam says the value of every human being lies in what he perfects, the imam is pushing us towards learning any beneficial type of knowledge, whether it's religious knowledge or academic knowledge. Why? Because he's telling you that Your perfection, your value lies in what you perfect. And in order to perfect a particular thing or a particular deed, you're in need of what? Experience. You're in need of knowledge. And so the more knowledge you have, the more beneficial knowledge you acquire, then the more valuable you will be. Especially... If you acquire the most important types of knowledge, what are the most important types of knowledge? They are the types of knowledge that will save us on the day of judgment, that will save us from hellfire and lead us into heaven, meaning beliefs, Islamic laws, and last but not least, morals. Number three. When the Imam says, How about a louder salawat? Allahumma oh. salli ala Muhammad. The Imam is not only pushing us towards acquiring beneficial knowledge, but he's also pushing us towards what? Implementing that knowledge. Into perfecting our actions. Acquiring knowledge, acquiring beneficial knowledge is good. Islam encourages us to learn. The Prophet said, Ilallahad <inaudible> <inaudible> seek knowledge from the cradle to the grave. But Islam also emphasized on what? On observing our own deeds, on performing the deeds that Please Allah, avoiding the deeds that displease Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if I want to perfect my actions, as in I don't want to, I don't want to commit any deed which displeases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then I'm going to have to do what? To implement my knowledge. I'm going to have to implement my knowledge regarding, for example, beliefs, regarding Islamic law regarding morals, etc., And by doing that, my value in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will only elevate. That's the third point we derive from the word of Ali salawatullah One fourth and last point we derive is that when the Imam says, قِيمَةُ كُلِّ مَا He is reminding us of the superiority of Ahlul Bayt, salamu alayhim. One might say, how? He didn't even mention Ahlul Bayt. Yes, explicitly he did not mention Ahlul Bayt, but Ahlul Bayt are mentioned implicitly because he's telling you the value of every human lies in what he perfects. And we know that Ahlul Bayt, alayhim, were perfect from every single angle. In fact, In any field of religion or life, they were always at the peak. No one surpassed Ahlul Bayt in any field. Whether you're talking about knowledge, whether you're talking about bravery, generosity, sacrifice, certainty, reliance on God, subhanahu wa ta'ala, you name it. They were always where at the peak. And amongst them was the commander of the faithful, Ali Amirul Mu'mineen, who was truly Ali. No one surpassed him. Absolutely no one surpassed him. Other than, of course, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wasallam. Ali was always at the peak in every field and especially in knowledge. After Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa passed away, the superiority of ali in knowledge was greatly manifested to the muslims why because as many of you know the muslimin would go through predicaments and the only one who would solve those predicaments would be ali ibn abi talib wa alayhi christians would arrive jews would arrive people would come and test the you know the person who's sitting on the Prophet's mimbar, sallallahu alayhi wa who's supposed to be the caliph of Rasulullah, right? The so-called caliph. But that individual would fail in responding, in presenting the right answer. Who would come and save the day? Who would present the right answer? to show that Jewish man or Christian man or that individual that Islam does have the answers to your questions? Ali ibn Abi Talib, alayhi afdalu salatu wassalam. Indeed, no one could surpass him. Let me share with you a story on this regard, and we'll conclude our short lecture with this story after a loud salawat ala Muhammad wa Ali Muhammad. In Bihar al-Anwar, al al-Majlisi rahmatullah cites the book Safwat al-Akhbar. He says that a man called Abu al-Malih al-Hudali narrated that his father said, he said, one day we were sitting down with the second caliph, Umar ibn al-Khattab. When a Roman arrived, the Roman was Christian, and he addressed Umar telling him that he has questions. And telling him that if you can answer my questions, then I will believe in you, and I will believe in the Prophethood of Muhammad ﷺ. And so, Omar told him, ask whatever you want, O disbeliever. So he asked three questions that are quite intriguing and quite puzzling. He told him, inform me about something that Allah does not know. Something Allah does not know. Obviously, if we were there, we'd say what? Allah knows everything, which is the reality. So, how can you actually answer that question? Let's hear. Let's hear the response of Umar ibn Khattab and then the response of Amir al muminin alayhi salam. So he told him, he told him, Inform me about something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not know, and inform me about something that is not with Allah. And inform me about something that Allah does not have. Omar told him, You have solely come with the purpose of revealing disbelief. Or you have only come with disbelief. As in, he did not have, what? The answers to those questions. They were puzzling questions. Here, Amir al-Mu'mineen, salamullah alayhi, emerged. The narrator says, at that point, the commander, salawatullah alayhi, made an appearance. And he saw that Omar was depressed. So he told him, I see that you're depressed. What has happened? Omar told him the issue. He told him that this man, you know, presented questions. Can you, oh Ali ibn Abi Talib, answer his questions? For the Prophet has said, sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi, I am the city of knowledge and Ali is its gate. Whoever wants the city, let him go and knock on the gate. Meaning let him go to Ali ibn Abi Talib. Salawatullah The Imam said Yes he answer the questions. And so he told the Roman, listen carefully. He told him, ask for the thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not know. Allah does not know that he has a wife or a child or a partner or a wazir, meaning a main support. Now, this word might be a bit bizarre, right? How could you say Allah does not know that? Allah knows that he does not have a partner or a wazir or a wife or a child. Correct. That is the meaning of Amir al-Mu'mineen's word. See, what Imam Ali is saying, salawatullah alayhi, is that Allah's knowledge is infinite and he knows all things. He's aware of everything that we can imagine or not imagine. And Allah Azza wa knows that there is no wife of his in existence. There is no child of Allah in existence. There is no sharik, a partner of God in existence. Hence the Imam says, that is the one thing that he does not know. As in he knows that these things are absent. They're not present. That is the meaning. Then the Imam does what? He brings a Quranic verse which says the same. There is a Quranic verse which makes the same statement. He tells his audience or the Roman he tells him he tells him that whatever I said is explained in the Quran when Allah says say are you informing Allah? Of what he does not know. As in, he's saying Allah knows everything that lies in the skies and everything that lies on earth, and he sees that there is no partner that exists in the skies or in the earth. There is no partner of God, no wife of God, nor child of God, etc. So that was the answer to the first question. Then he told him, as for the thing that Allah Ta'ala does not have, Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala, as for the thing that does not lie with Allah Azza wa there is no oppression that lies with Allah Azza wa Jal. As in, Allah Azza wa does not commit any injustice towards his slaves. And as for the thing that Allah does not have, Allah Azza wa Jal does not have an equal or a match. Meaning there is nothing in existence that resembles the Almighty subhanahu wa ta'ala. When he presented those answers, salawatullah wa salamu alayhi, Omar rose and kissed Ali between the eyes. And he told him, he told him that... Knowledge comes from you and goes back to you. عمر Had it not been for Ali, Omar would have been doomed. At that point, the Roman entered Islam upon hearing the answers of Amir al-Mu'minin, عليه أفضل الصلاة والسلام. Indeed, he was عليٰٓ he was at the top, at the peak, at the top of the pyramid in all fields we ask Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala to be from his sincere Shi'as in this world and the next walhamdulillahirabbil alamin wa sallallahu ala Mustafa muhammadin wa alihi at